Geek Shock. Geek Shock. I completely deny my place in Geek Shock. I don't know those people. Uh, they are all felons, and I know nothing of them. I. Uh... But we have video of you on the show. That's was fake doctor. news. <laughs> Barry, you live in Texas. Your your natural asshole dumb precludes you from nothing in public service. Yeah. Why didn't you go to Cancun? Because I didn't think of it. I said you almost look like Ted Cruz with that beard, Barry. How dare you, sir? I didn't even think about that, but yeah. I mean, they're both Star Wars fans. (laughs) Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars fans in air quotes. Mm -hmm. Whereas I merely look like Ted Kaczynski. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of do. You kind of do. You are living in the middle of nowhere, Andy. So, uh, sure. Whatever fits. Relatively middle of nowhere. I mean, yeah. He's typing out the letters. You will do what I demand or else I will spill upon all of your computers. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome no, no, to just... Geek Shock number 577. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Andrew K. Fact check Dandy all along. Maple Leaf Matt. Talk to Flarg. And Deb. <laughs> the, the full shebang, Barry and Deb. Welcome. Hey. Welcome back, back, I should say. I don't see coats, uh, so I assume you guys are warm again. Very much so, but it took a while. (laughs) So before we get into what we did this week, please tell us about your experience living in Texas this week. Fuck this state. Okay, we live in Houston. We live in the suburbs in Houston. It's still a big city, you know, uh, because we could not possibly live in the country. And we ran out of power for three whole days. No heat. And in fact, no, was it no water for three days as well? Actually, it was almost four days. And yeah. yeah, And we still had water, but our pressure got really low as of like Tuesday. And then obviously there was a boil notice once water started coming back. So we just got water officially back yesterday afternoon. Jesus. Do you know how hard it is to be a modern geek with no power? Water, I can understand, because half the half of the people that I call fellow geeks don't bathe, but I don't <laughs> like those people. Well, um, the hard part too is like you know these storms. Obviously, we live in the Gulf, so you get hurricanes and rainstorms and stuff. But you expect them in the summer. So when you get the notices in the summer, you charge all your electronics, you prep for not having power for a few days. We did not do that with the storm because no one expected to be out of power for almost four days straight. Like, we kind of had my tablet. We have one of those really good, like, um, travel charging bricks. So at least we could use that. But we mm. charged everything. So we'd run the generator. We have an emergency generator. We'd run that to charge the brick back up to at least some. And then we'd turn the generator off. And then we... So that, it was hard. Um, because yeah. we didn't have, like, stuff prepped to keep us busy. Because we weren't expecting it at all. And it's not like we can sit there and play board games by flashlight. That does not work. You know? And it was freezing. So, like, to be clear, like, yes. in our house, to get warm, you had to be bundled up. So we had, we brought out our sleeping bags, our cold weather sleeping bags, and we had comforters. And, and we moved uh, into the living room. Yeah, we moved into the living room to sleep on the couch because it was a little bit warmer than our bedroom. And, like, having the couch, like, having, you know, the back part of the couch was actually, it kept you warmer when you were sleeping. And so we had, like, I had two or three layers on 
plus a sweatshirt, plus a jacket, plus the, con like, so you couldn't even move a lot because moving around the house was freezing. So yeah. you had to be very focused on what you did, get back to the couch, get under your cover so you could get warm again. So mm -hmm. it was really miserable. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's why I moved out of England. Listen, <laughs> listen. You simply adopted the cold. I was born in it. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know what? It's not supposed to get that cold here. So it's not built to, to withstand the cold. Like where you're from, they build well, things to withstand that temperature. That correct. is not here. But to, but to be fair, Deb, that happens every 10 years in Texas. So they should have been ready for it because it does get cold. I mean, this is record lows, but it got almost this cold exactly 10 years ago in 2011. And then yeah. again, in like, I want to say it was uh, 2000 or 2001. Yeah, we just watched yeah. uh, John Oliver and they showed a yeah. clip actually from like a court hearing after the 2010 event, them saying that we will winterize so that we don't lose power. This doesn't happen again. And they and didn't. They didn't. I work uh, at, at a chemical plant and we're not winterized either. We have lots of mechanical failures and issues in the piping and stuff that they're fixing still. It's like we're not even going to be operational for another week and a half probably. Wow. It was warmer outside me starting a fire with my firewood that I use for smoking. So we did that. We made s'mores. We did. I, I don't like s'mores. Um, but we made them. Well, you're I joyless. Was. That makes sense. No, I just don't like it. I'd rather have the marshmallow. And it was so cold. So we had the what? melty marshmallow that was like melting to the point it's falling off. And I put it in my s'more and it didn't even, the chocolate was so frozen even with that hot, hot marshmallow on top, that it was like eating a brick. First Jeez. world problems. <laughs> come on, come on. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen. It was only freezing. You guys are talking like your fucking Arctic weather. Like, uh, it's Texas. Shut up, Tim Horton. I <laughs> damn, dude. This is not, I'm out in shorts and a t-shirt and a Hawaiian shirt. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> stop, 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 stop. Barry, it's Tom Horton now. We can't afford Tim Horton. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you guys are not on that wholesale electric grid uh, thing, are you? Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Nope. You didn't have to use your retirement fund to pay off the uh, bill? No, we, uh, so we have one of the larger uh, power companies, one that like existed before they deregulated the, the market here. We got an email today with very nice lawyer speak that said, you know, we will never charge you those prices, et cetera, et cetera. But they kind of like left a little note in there that said, you know, we will not recoup these things now, essentially, is what they said. Yeah, so it says, uh, you may have heard about sky-high variable rates in the news, but rest assured that as a TXU Energy customer, you won't see any near-term impact to your rate due to this winter weather event. Yeah, so right. they might... Not this week. Yeah, but sometime. It is so important to have non-electronic media to sustain you during these things. Holy shit, Paul's getting hard right now. Get more, I know, I can feel it from here. Get more books. No, 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 no. Paul doesn't read books or anything. He reads about power. Yeah, the yeah. Power he does, say, say his Masters of the Universe DVDs are not going to get him through no. a, a winter storm. Well, he can't run them. Yeah, he's exactly. going to die. All you can do is like look at the covers. Get physical so he, media, and also, if you're going to play games, get games that you don't re don't require you to be online. I did have some some games on my phone, and I played those for like a day, and that was good. Uh, but then I reread all of Irredeemable because why not? I was just going to ask how much of your TBR list did you get through, or your shelf rather? So I got through a whole book series. 
last week. Wow. Three Which books. one? It's the Grisha. So Shadow and Bone is the first book. I think it's the series name. It's the Grisha novel series trilogy. It's young adult stuff because, you know, I read that stuff. <laughs> how, big, how big is your library of intent? It's pretty big. I just started with COVID and being home a lot more. I started focusing more on reading again before going to bed. So I'm starting to get through like years of backlog. I finally read the Mistborn book trilogy, Kirsten. That was uh-huh. <laughs> But I finally read that. She finally um, read all fables. Finally read all fables. You have been running through it. Yeah. I, yeah. And well, and so last week was a perfect opportunity to read and I read a lot, but you also get, you only sit still for so many hours, so many days in a row without moving that you kind of get like antsy. Oh, I yeah. imagine. Well, we're glad you and were both you- okay. And that's, what's really important here because we know people out there that they aren't so, so yeah. good to see you warm and safe and with drinking water. Thank you. And our house made it. We had no broken pipes. You know, lots of people Good. that I across work with that had broken pipes. Yeah, across the street did. So before we get into what geeky things we did this week, which I think we covered a few of them maybe, Geek Shock Book Club is reading Heroin Complex. That's each H-E-R-O-I-N-E. Uh, but we're also doing nominations for March's book. So if you have a suggestion, go on to the Facebook page and nominate the book you'd like to see. And a little thing with Pitches Bitches. Um uh, one, of course, the rules make sure that if you send a pitch to us for red light, green light, that they are genre uh, or at least genre adjacent. Uh, Just add in space. Yeah. You know what? Yes, that will absolutely fix the problem. Right. The Columbastro rule. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But second of all, when you send me pitches, I will try to edit them to more of the uh, style of pitch that you've seen and red light, green light, which I usually get from the companies themselves. Uh, but if you don't want me to edit your pitch, please uh, indicate so in your email. If you want to play the hard version of Red Light, Green Light, just say that you don't want it edited and I will not touch any word that you put on there. And that way you can see if uh, if uh, you got the chops to to fool the Red Light, Green Lighters. Sounds uh, like Todd got an email. Yeah, this is like Todd stepped on some toes. <laughs> kind of, yes. Uh I made some adjustments to the uh, Quantum Leap one, which I thought would make it more in line with pitches I see from companies. The the writer thought that uh, if I hadn't made those edits, you might have believed a little more. So by by all means, it's, it could it could very well be right. So if you send me a pitches bitches and you don't want me to do any editing on it, just tell me and I will leave it be and we'll see how it goes. You summoned that one into existence. Yeah, it is <laughs> back in the news again now that uh, Scott Bakula is going to be unemployed again. <laughs> right, but it is also very speculative in that, because he said for a while that he's interested in doing it, and someone out there is probably interested in making it happen, so I wouldn't be surprised. Let me know in the uh, Pitches Bitches if you want me to not edit your pitch. So that being said, what geeky things did you do this week, my friends? I will open this up to uh, Deb and Barry if they have anything else they want to add that they did through this winter storm. Yes, I smell like a Kenny Rogers Roasters right now. Do you? <laughs> yes, I do, because I barbecued some chicken. Oh, Ken, there's, chicken. there's some barbecue happening. Barbecue time, barbecue time. I don't have a theme song, barbecue time. Um, Now you do. Yeah, I do, yes. <laughs> Somebody uh, get on that. I smoked a, a spatchcock chicken. Spatchcock. Hey, what? 
Yes. Spatchcock <laughs> chicken. That's when you take the backbone out and flay it. And we had it pre-flayed, which is kind of nice. And I had a, I made it in post oak and a little hickory for some sweetness. And it was delicious. And that's that's barbecue geeky. And I played a lot of, wait, wait, wait for it. What? Minecraft. What? Since when? Since. Just since Saturday. I had power. (laughs) And you're missing out. I, 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 I didn't have time for it, but I did consider that knowing that you didn't have power going and just covering your face with ice, but I didn't. (laughs) Well, you you would have, you would have been surprised because we uh, were switching bases. So are you no longer the Petra thing? We realized for some reason we were generating a lot of lag and we don't know what it was. And it could have just been that we put too many things in too close proximity and too many things were loaded at the same time. So we just decided to start over. Screw it. Burn it down. Start over. That's ah, what we do. Maybe that's what I should do when I go back to Minecraft. I'll just start over on a new hovel. You should. Let me take you Refresh. on a little tour of Hobbiton so you can see all the new stuff. And then you're free to go about your business. Crappy <laughs> as it is. All right. All right. Well, I do want to ask the question. When, when the power was down, I know you read some books. Uh, I know you played some games on your phone. Uh, are there any other games that you played? Yes, we played Talisman. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I like some Talisman. Yes, that's a dead one by a hair. Wow. Oh, that can be a long game, though. How long was your game? It wasn't that long. Uh, maybe an hour. Oh, yeah. so hours. Short for Talisman. Zip right yeah. through it. Just the base of the game, then. Not all the Yeah, extensions. we didn't. Well, we don't have. So our dining room table is my work office. So we do not have like a big table space anymore. So we had our card table up. So the board is too big to put any of the expansions because you have to like put them on the side of the board. It was too big. So. Yeah. Well, you know Just what that means? Standard. Andy's got to build you a game table. <laughs> In another couple I decades. Like... <laughs> you know, it was never my idea. I thought it was a cool idea. I just don't have the equipment right now. Well, not right now. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah, he can whip up a prop in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Well, I get paid for those. <laughs> do you, though? That's what it comes down do to. You? I do. I do, actually. They pay me very well. Money talks, baby. Infrequently, but, per- but very well. <laughs> so I did have one more thing I've been reading. I yes. started a new comic series. It's called Monstrous. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it's actually, the art's really nice. It's almost... Almost kind of anime looking, but it's not, and it's really beautiful. Um, but I only have the first trade so far because I wanted to, you know, test it out. The one thing that our local comic store is doing too is like you can't pick up the books and look through them before you buy them anymore. Like oh. you have to take them. Yeah, they're covered in plastic. They won't let anybody touch them, so they're covered in plastic. You have to take it to a person who works there, and they can take it out for you and like flip through the pages so you can see. But yeah, I know, Jeff. I know it's weird and crazy, but that's what they're like. So. Sounds, sounds like it's time to, to find a new comic book store. No, 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 no that makes no. sense. This this place is my replacement for alternate reality because the person behind the counter just does a Ralph and tells me all about what I need to be uh, reading. So, yay for third planet comics and and they're concerned about the spread of COVID. So exactly, I I, I approve of that. And then, so that they only implemented it because of COVID. Before that, you could take it out and look through it and do whatever you wanted. But how much you want to bet? After this is all done, it'll they'll still stay the same like that because they'll realize, oh, people are buying books because they can't really see what it's about. And... 
I have faith in the shop that it will not do that. I thought I was the only cynic, Matt. <laughs> oh, no. Have you met me? Have you yeah, met me? Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen you in a year, Matt. <laughs> Get a camera. Barry, Deb, anything else you'd like to bring up that you did this week? Or I mean, that was, you know, the extent of what, what we could we do. What can we do without power, man? <laughs> what Jesus. Or something else? Fuck. Jesus, Barry, you were a geek before the internet. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, but I had power then, and, and I had places to go. Your your to be red shelf should have been empty. Well, and his so Barry's problem with books and movies is he doesn't like to reread or rewatch things ever. Like trying to get him to rewatch some of my favorite movies is not something that ever happens. I have to watch them on my own time. There he are just a doesn't like to reread movies. I don't mind ever rewatching, but it is a select few. Like, Very few, like, like less than five. Count on one hand. Yes, <laughs> three amigos. I'll watch at any time. I can't think of any others right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear from another that we haven't heard from in a while. Matt, how you been, sir? Ooh. Uh, doing all right. Uh, I've been moving this past yeah. week, so that's pretty much what I did. So I had the Lewis Brood over here, slave labor. We were working away. I slacked off big time at the rentals, so half the stuff wasn't packed. So it was like pack and move, pack and move, pack and move. <laughs> Good times. Wow. Yeah. Good times. So, lots of work, but it was yes. so worth it. Yes. Lots, lots of work. Did you find so any time to do any geeky stuff or was that it? I didn't have internet. I might, I might as well have been in Texas. I didn't have internet for a while because <laughs> Cox and all that. Cox is a bunch of Cox. Oh, we can come out to your new house in, uh, you know, five days. Uh, yeah. Well, what are you guys doing now? Nothing but uh, five days. Hey, you know no. what? Some people who had broken pipes here, they are still waiting for plumbers, and they had plumbers quote them for weeks after, so they are still sitting in their homes with no water. Christ. Me, Deb, this is about me, okay? I didn't have internet for five days. I felt like I was in Texas. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Matt's Canadian, so your your winter is, is his swimming hole. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. Matt, Matt calls that skinny dip weather. Oh, thank you for bringing that into my mind. So now is a good time then to ask, all right. Well, I'll, I'll keep it relatively short because, you know, we got a lot of people here. Oh, will you? Um, will you? Will you? Oh. <laughs> what did you do? Did you, did you, lo- did you lo- launch the old airship and go clamper some rock somewhere in the middle of the desert and then you came back around? Oh, wait, you're in airship. Connecticut. So, <laughs> yeah, you get the airship going in Connecticut? What? What do you got? I built a snow snail. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. A snow snail? What is a snow snail? Yeah. It's a giant sculpture of a snail out of snow. Oh, that's cool. Big enough pictures. I can rot. Uh, yeah. I did. And, uh, Basically, I Deb, his snowman fell over. So he was like, that's a snail. Yeah. You are, you are not far off. <laughs> you were trying to roll for the, the bottom, and you got through, and it didn't it didn't look like a, a snowman bottom. So you just said, oh, it kind of looks like a snail, and you went from there, right? No, my, my second snowball was too big to lift up onto the first one. Ah. <laughs> Snow is heavy. When you yeah. blow it up into a big ball, it gets heavy. You forget that, don't you, after a while. Yeah. So a snow is snail, but fantastic. Yeah, because yeah. my daughter has a uh, my daughter has a Facebook group called That's It, I'm Snail Praising. It's all about the 
snails on that page. I figured, well, this is not going to be a snowman. Let's go for a snow snail. So I took the two giant big snowball bottom things and just kept piling snow on top of it to make it tall enough to be a snail. Jeff, what'd you do this week? My lady turned me on to uh, the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Um, ah. It's on Netflix. I don't know how I didn't realize that it was a musical, but it's actually very well written. I'm actually very impressed at the uh, the quality of the musical numbers and the dancing and everything that's in the the acts that I've seen so far. I'm only like three episodes in, but uh, we watched a few episodes together. And she's like, well, if you like musicals, you should definitely check this out. And so we watched that. And uh, I'm actually very impressed with the entire cast. I think the way it was pitched on the network, it didn't seem like it would be something I would be interested in. Since she uh, she had me watch it, I was like, oh, this is actually really good. So, Jeff, have you watched Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist? I have not, no. That is that good. another one like that? Yeah, it's, you know, singing and, like, first episode, she goes to this MRI machine, and now she hears people's innermost thoughts by them singing songs to her that nobody else sees or hears. Ah. It's good. I like it. Okay. It's on, I watched it on Hulu. Uh, and I guess, I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be a, a geeky show, per se, but because we talked about it, the, the show Clarice that just started um, on CBS... Not sure what to make of that yet, because it does seem like a just like a, a a regular police procedural, except that they're working in elements of Silence of the Lambs at this point. So I, you know, jury's still out on that one, but uh, I did watch the first two episodes of it, and uh, it's not bad, but it's also you know not earth shatteringly great. It's still early though; it it might go yeah. somewhere good. Sure, it's but... it's it's Silence of the Lamb pedigree. Yeah. Ish. Ish, yeah. Much better than the Silence of the Lamb pedicure. <laughs> I don't know, man. Death had moss on the on the nails. I think that'd be great. It puts the feet in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would go to that one. Uh, well, I did a lot of hobby work this week. Yeah, I got hired for a, a, a really big commission. So 40 investigators from the mansions of madness and all the expansions wow so not not to an extreme uh level like my my other stuff that i've been doing so kind of more of a basic tabletop paint style so not as detailed but 40 of them boy that adds up uh so mark i don't know if you listen to the show or not but i appreciate you hiring me thank you for that but i've spent a lot of time with that do you have a portfolio i can see online no why not? There's I, I, one right, in our house. Right He's now, word of mouth has kept me plenty of busy thus far. So, oh, so I tell you what, if I hit a lull and I and I need to start advertising, I know where to go. I know exactly where to go. Okay, just check out his Twitter, Barry. I mean, that's as more as much his portfolio as anything else. I don't do Twitter. Noticed. Because <laughs> I call you out on Twitter all the time, and you never hear. It. Uh, <laughs> God damn it! Now I gotta do Twitter. I hate you, Todd Bristow. I think the last time I logged into Twitter was at least 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. In fact, there's a, an author named Alan Baxter, and he put out there that the first few people to name a name on this feed is going to be killed in my next books because I need names. So throw them up there. So, Barry, you might be killed in one of Alan Baxter's books here pretty soon. <laughs> oh, yes. I can't, I can't promise it, but stay tuned. Well, you know, much like Minecraft, uh, there's lots of mention of your name all the time in various ways, and you'll never know because you're not on it. 
<laughs> Fine point. Touche, sir. And also, as uh, promised this week, I spent a little time with Board Game Arena, and I am impressed, officially impressed, uh, mostly because it is such an inviting place to play board games online, an easy thing to get to know how to use, and it can be used from anything that can access the web. So you can use your phone, your tablet, your computer. Unlike, like, Tabletop Simulator, you have to have a high knowledge base to get that thing to work right. This one, you don't. You, you just choose a game, and you it, it has links to online tutorials as far as a video on how to, like, watch it play. That's a YouTube channel that goes through this stuff really well. Uh, or some of there's actual tutorials made for you, so you can learn a game that way. And you can also watch games being played. So I'm really shy when it comes to online stuff with strangers. So, But I went ahead and took the leap, played a f- few games of Yahtzee, because it's a game that I'm going to know and have plenty of opportunity to play with other people. And I had a great time doing it. It was super easy, super simple. I'm sorry. You put in this incredible gaming system to play Yahtzee? <laughs> I had to start easy. I, I wasn't going to go and learn a complex game and then go, okay, guys, it's my first time ever using the system, so I've decided to start with Seven Wonders. I'm not doing that. So I went with something that was easy so, so that I could learn how the whole thing worked. So that's why I chose Yahtzee, and I'm glad I did. It was quick and easy, played a few games with strangers, had a wonderful time. Uh, so I have created a group within Board Game Arena for Geek Shock. I'll post the information up on the Shock Monkeys layer on Facebook. Uh, it's free to join Board Game Arena. So, it's free to join the group. And it's just a place for any Geek Shock listeners that are into board games and want to connect with other Geek Shock listeners. So if you are a Geek Shock listener or are interested in playing board games with myself or other Geek Shock listeners, uh, I'll post on the Shock Monkeys layer on Facebook uh, where you can find this. Again, Board Game Arena is free. They do have a premium that adds a lot of high-end games to it, a lot of the more complex board gamey games, uh, but it's $24 a year or $4 a month. I'll hop on. There's only so much Chicken to Ride I can play. Uh, I don't think that's on there yet. No, but I've been playing. That's the only game I've really been playing online is Ticket to Ride. Oh, I we see. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. We do a lot, too. Yeah, we should play. And we play a lot of right. Waterdeep, too, which is, again, not on there because it's on its own thing. But I have played Board Game Arena before, and I really like it. The thing I'm not crazy about, and this isn't something for Board Game Arena to solve, is that I can't... You can't really learn the more complex games by playing them. you got to watch the videos and whatnot. I want to be able to jump in and play them. And that's something for the individual companies to solve, really. But I've played Board Game Arena with friends who've known the games, and they've walked me through it, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's way better than Tabletopia, and other, where you basically have to set the board up yourself and make the moves. And it's like you're playing a board game. But that's not the fun of playing a board game. The fun of playing the board game is actually getting to play the game and have the, the and, and work the rules and work the game to, 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 to play with your friends, not moving cards and moving pieces and stuff like that. And I think that's where Tabletopia falls down. You know, I will agree, Barry. You know, the fun of board games is targeting Deb and taking her out the first time. <laughs> yes. That is, that's the that's, best, best It's the best when someone best. else does it because then she's not playing. <laughs> she's playing to make sure you lose. And as long yeah. as you're not that person, it's all cake, baby. <laughs> and it takes it takes some of the heat off me when she's not around. Yeah. 
always target. You always target Kirsten, Andy. I, I know I always get accused of that, but yeah. Uh... <laughs> I target whoever's beating me. That makes sense. That's what I, tar- I target Kirsten, uh, but then again, I target everybody. So it's right. It all kind of evens out. And you wonder right. why I don't come over to your game nights anymore, people. This is coming from the guy who plays Pit and holds one of each commodity and oh. just sits there. Yes. So mad. Less than that. <laughs> what we're talking about. I found a way to target you all at the same time. It, it was perfect. And, and ruin the game forevermore. <laughs> you are always the Cylon. You are always the bad knight in, in Shadow Over Camelot. What? You're always the asshole. He was the fucking assassin in the goddamn Caesar murder mystery you had at your house. Yeah, that's true. He was. That's right. That's right. fucking happened. But we didn't know that. Was, when we, when he, was we a, gave him the character, we didn't know that. Yeah, if it was it, a Caesar murder mystery, shouldn't everyone have been the assassin? Everyone <laughs> was, technically, which is why I'm never playing that one again. I don't know how it happens. It just randomly falls in my lap, and I have <laughs> to play the game the way it's designed. I will have you know that he played that whole thing. I swear, I think he played it as Mel Brooks. Funny <laughs> <laughs> happened uh, on the way to the forum. Oy. Have we ever played House on Haunted Hill, Todd? No, we haven't. Is that the one where that you lay the tiles for the rooms? Yes. We've played that once here. Friends of ours had it. It's a good game. Yeah, it is, and it's it's got like fifty scenarios. And <laughs> have you found that online at all? Not yet. I have not seen a uh, digital version of that. Although I do know the second edition, it uses an app instead of the book. So the first edition, you would open up the book and that would give you all the scenarios. Somebody would become the bad guy in the game. The new version uses the app so that everybody plays cooperatively and the app is the bad guy. So that's the variant on the second edition. And I've said the name So there's no playing that in Texas. It's Betrayal on the House on the Hill. Yeah, ah, yes. Idea. It's in the I name. Question. Has anyone played the online version of Gloomhaven? Mad Martron has played it, and I see him playing it every so often. He said it's really good, but I, I was wondering if any of you had played it. The only reason I haven't played it is because I don't want it to spoil our board game. Because it's uh, the same game. Uh, and since it's a legacy game, I, I could only do the same scenarios that we'd already done in order to not spoil it. Well, see, I'm tempted to actually buy that. Wait, I'd never buy anything from Steam. I, I, I play old games. That's what I do because uh, they're cheap. Uh, speaking of which, I'm playing Skyrim again. Yay! Uh, but <laughs> um, I'm tempted to buy it because we don't have anyone we could play it with here. You know, Gloomhaven uh, requires like a steady gaming group. Now, if it, it, I don't want to ruin something, I could just not ruin the new one that they're building. Isn't it? Aren't they building Frosthaven or something like that? That's true. Uh, they yep. are making Frosthaven, and of course, there's the uh, Jaws of the Lion or whatever that smaller Gloomhaven version is. Uh, Kirsten and I play a two-player game with Gloomhaven quite a bit, and it works real well with two people. Hide the slum. As long as you're not against each other, we can do it. I cannot play any game by myself. With It's very limited, the amount of games I can play that's just Barry and I, but there I we enjoy go. playing. It's 100% cooperative. Okay. Okay, then we can play that together because I have right behind Deb right now. There are a ton of board games, and a, and ninety percent of them we can't play together because we will kill each other. <laughs> the 
police will be called. We'll be put in separate corners. One of us is going to the morgue and one of us is going to jail. And we all know who's who. Barry you know. Morgue, Deb Jail. Yep. I heard a radio station had a, a game on the radio today that was uh, where somebody reads a weird story. And the game is called uh, Florida, Ohio, Texas. And you have to figure out which of those it's from. <laughs> oh, boy. Sounds legit. Oh, Florida, man. Speaking yeah. of legit, Commander K, what'd you do this week? Uh, Good story. Not much. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I guess the one thing I did is uh, I watched the first uh, Mythica movie ah, that you was talking about. That Michael talked about. What What was what's your assessment? It's, it's uh, obviously a D&D riff because uh, it's uh, essentially a party of four characters, a power warrior, a cleric, um, a roguish type, and uh, a mage. It's interesting watching a movie where Kevin Sorbo is... Ugh. The best actor in it. Wow. And, Whoa. Whoa. And his, it's funny because actually he's he's Do very Do not defend he's that man. Very professional. He's uh he's very relaxed and it's like you sit there and suddenly you realize, oh, this is what twenty years of, of acting professionally can do for you compared to uh, everyone else. Who are we talking uh, like you know, Year one improv recital, uh, kind of, sorta, you know. Oh, um, and it, it, and it is, it's low, low budget. It is fun, and it is part of a series of movies. They got like five of them. Um, How low budget? Doctor Who in the seventies or Doctor Who in the ninety-three thousand dollars on Kickstarter? Wow, <laughs> no, that, that is low budget. Yeah. They have five films. They made, wow, wow, one in 2014, two in 2015, and two in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. They're cranking them out. I mean, it, there, are, there are aspects to it that are interesting. And like Mag said, it's fun. One of the things that, that is uh, a little tiresome is people will do a D&D type thing. And you swear to God, they haven't really played D&D because they just don't know what to do with wizards. And the, mm -hmm. the, the central character is the wizard's apprentice, and they're doing the whole, boy, she could be so powerful if only just. And, you know, they put up all these, she's got impediments and things. And she's just like, have you guys played the game? Don't you? The, the mechanics built in all these restrictions on wizards so you can just be a wizard and slowly grow. But That's because that, yeah. wizards are the worst. You know, it's uh, it's like the original D&D &D movie where they set the wizard girl to be kind of cool in the beginning. And then they just like stopped to the point wow. that she was attacking the big bad with a stick at the very end of the movie. Because it's, like, you know, remember that in the original D&D &D movie when they all lined up, they got in a conga line and they each uh, tried to attack Jeremy Irons and he'd kick their ass. <laughs> no. and, and they just like swinging sticks or swinging an axe and it, 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 oh god oh, so, I would like it if that was the actual if they weren't actually fighting the characters playing but actually fighting Jeremy Irons yeah, I Myth vaguely remember yeah. that Mythica um, it, you know it's not, it's not super bad it's just 
really low budget and these are people who are obviously uh learning how to make movies i don't know i'll probably watch uh, the others in time but like uh right. like michael said you know amazon prime it's it's great place for bad movies that's true <laughs> all right so if you were to compare the two story-wise, the first Mythica movie and the Dungeons and Dragons movie starring Jeremy Irons, which one has the better story? Oh, my Jesus. Mythica. Wow. I did not think much of the Dungeons and Dragons movie story. I thought that they tried way too hard. And they, they adopted too many tropes that were just not D&D. Like the right. scene when uh, the party goes to go to the sacred cave to pick up the treasure and, and that includes maybe the dragon orb. But only the thief can enter the cave because of a force field. It's like what gaming group is going to stand for only the thief being able to go into the treasure hoard? And it was just like, <laughs> Jesus. I like that idea. Number one rule, do not you know? split the party. Yeah, and it was just like, it was, you know, the best part, the one thing about Dungeons & Dragons movie that was really cool, and most people remember, is the little challenge that the thief had to go through in the maze that was, uh, you know, run by Riff Raff. That was actually a good D&D puzzle moment. Run by Riff Raff from Richard O'Brien, yes. Richard O'Brien, really nice. Nice. Yeah, he was, he was the, the Thieves Guild head. Well, he's and that the was best part of the movie. He's the only that's... actor that knew what movie he was in because he r dialed up the camp to 10. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Oh, excellent. And yeah, he did a great job. And yeah, you're right. You're, that's, I think that's the best phrase for it, Todd, is he was the only one who knew what movie he was in. And it, it got me thinking about, you know, what they're planning for the D&D &D TV series and shit like that. And who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. All right. Anybody else want to bring up one more thing before we continue on? Yes. Pinball Hall of Fame fundraiser is almost 65% there. They're up to $129,418. Ah, they're um, moving up. Good. And uh, they said uh, the Tim uh, Arnold, I think is his name, is the guy that runs That's the place, right. said that they um, are very thankful because – they had enough, and they were able to take enough out to pay the bills up to current, so they are current on everything with the new construction. They're not behind, and as long as they are able to get to the 200000 by the next, I think, uh, construction point, they'll, they'll be able to finish the building. So, so they're well on the way. They're getting a great load of reserva uh, <laughs> reservation donations up. Uh, as the days go by. So, I mean, because it, wasn't it only like just over 100 last week, I think, when we talked about it? I think it was 117,000, if I remember right. Okay. So, but anyway, and then the only other thing I have is um, sort of a PSA. I got first dose of the uh, Pfizer vaccine this week for COVID. Yeah. Just wanted to tell people no symptoms, no reactions, nothing. Talked to the nurse that administered it to me. He said he's been doing it since they opened that center for vaccinations. And they've had very, very, very few issues with anybody being vaccinated. So it's very safe. If you have the opportunity to get it, I highly recommend you go forward and do it. Don't worry about, you know, waiting until it's quote unquote safe, like like some of these pessimists are, are doing right now with it. So um, right. the time that I was there, 
nobody had any reactions. So my dad has the had the first shot of Moderna a couple weeks ago, and he was fine. There was nothing, no side effects on him either. Nice. Moderna is the one they're doing here in Texas too. It's the only one they have available. It doesn't really matter for most of us because pudgy white guys are on the bottom of the list as far as who's getting the vaccine. Yeah, yep. but we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Jeff brings up a really good point. Um, Pinball Effects 3, I've started doing some new stuff with it. I'm doing some tournament stuff. So I've started uh, uh, playing with the tournament stuff. So if you're playing Pinball Effects 3 and you want to get in on the tournament, uh, the password to get in is one word, Geek Shock, because it's only open to Geek Shock pinball players. I started with the Fishtails table because it's a table that comes with it for free, so everyone gets it. So if you want to post a score, go ahead and get in there. We're going to start doing some tournaments now. So just wanted to throw that in there. It's only oh. on PlayStation. So, only right. on PlayStation. I I want to I want to throw something else. I did geeky. I did not buy a PlayStation because I want to allow you to have your score. Whatever, scaredy pants. Hey, uh-huh. I want to play Uncharted. I really want to play that game, and it it's is worth still only the available on PlayStation. Yeah. It probably will only be. It's worth. But, you know what? That game series is worth PlayStation. But then that allows me to that opens it up for me to join your thing. And I then, know, scaredy pants. My, my life will be about crushing you. Come on. Come on in. I Water's hate, warm. Wait, Barry, yeah. your life is I always about it. crushing Todd. So what makes this any different? Can't I show some charity? Can't I allow him to have his little thing just for once? He no, it's not, not your personality. Crush that fuck. That is correct. <laughs> yeah, we're not making that t-shirt. All right. <laughs> I got it. Thank you, not? For, thank you for being the wisdom of the guru on the mountain, and now I should probably look into a PS4. And now it's time for news you don't give a shit about. <laughs> news you don't give a shit about. New Line Cinema has announced a remake of the classic fantasy musical The Wizard of Oz. Nicole Castle, who won the Director's Guild Award and an Emmy for her work on Watchmen, was recruited for The Wonderful Wizard of Oz after what was described as an extensive director's search for a visionary filmmaker. Castle also directed episodes of Westworld and The Leftovers, among others. The film apparently is not connected to an Oz-related movie announced last year, an animated musical told from the viewpoint of Dorothy's dog Toto, that is also under the Warner Brothers umbrella. The fate of that project is not clear. L. Frank Baum's book was first published in 1900, with the author himself penning some 13 sequels. Its first adaptation was a 1902 Broadway musical, which was made into a film in 1910. Many adaptions, sequels, prequels, and spinoffs have followed in movies, TV, theater, and publishing, but none are more well-known or as iconic as the classic 1939 movie starring Judy Garland as Dorothy. More recent offshoots include the 2013 Disney-produced prequel movie Oz the Great and Powerful and the short-lived 2017 NBC TV series Emerald City. So, we are getting a full-on musical remake of The Wizard of Oz. Do we know if it has the uh, 1939 ending or the book ending? I am going to guess in this case it will probably have the book ending. What but is the, the 1939 ending? Uh, it was all a dream. Remember, yes. she wakes up. As far sorry, sorry. What was the book ending? Well, that movie is 1939. Holy crap! Yeah, the book end, book ending is it was not a dream. It was actually she went to another place. Which is and how the second film. 
like starts off right because she returned the return to Oz. So like when they did the second film, what was that? The nineties. Uh, um, was in the late eighties. The eighties, yeah. Yeah, um, they started from that point where she really had gone to Oz. God, so. I've almost forgotten about the Feruza Balk Return to Oz movie. Oh, I loved that, it. Loved that movie. So long ago. Uh, a, there was a Return to Oz. And B, where does the Wiz fit into all this? The Wiz is the, the version. The number one absolute version of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I watched that again recently. It was on like HBO and... Uh, it it's is a fever very dream. Very interesting. It's a very fever dream. <laughs> and it's, Todd it's, was in the white version of it. I was. <laughs> right. It I was. absolutely was. <laughs> I nice. want you to ease on down the road. Ease on down the road. Oh, dude, that's exactly what it was. Every, <laughs> every consonant was emphasized. <laughs> I was born on the day before yesterday. Yeah, it was full. Remind it me, was Todd, what did you totally white? What did you what did you play, Todd? Oh, it was it was early in my acting career in high school. I was just the uh, gatekeeper of the Emerald City. Ah. And, and a lot of course dance numbers. But yeah, my friend, beautiful my friend the Commander K was the Cowardly Lion. Yes. It probably did a much better job than ours did, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> When you post the pictures teasing that the show's about to come out, you definitely use the, you need to use an image from the 1910 Wizard of Oz because these are horrific. Yes, these, they, they are. This, this is nightmare fuel. They are somewhat horrific. Uh, but, of course, Wizard of Oz is in public domain. Anybody yeah. can make Wizard of Oz as long as you don't take the things that were made specifically for the 1939 version because that one is still copyrighted. Like that dream ending. Or the ruby slippers. You can't use ruby slippers. It was silver slippers in the original book. Right, because of the whole gold standard conspiracy bullshit. <laughs> as long as they stick to the book, yeah, they can they can do this. Like no, without I mean, paying anybody. Growing up in Kansas, that was on TV all the time. So I you know, I appreciate it for what it was, but I don't need it or any other Wizard of Oz projects, to be honest. I'm sure growing up, Jeff, you probably heard in the distance, you know, oh, we're not kids anymore. <laughs> like, what? Was that every single day when you were growing up? I heard it more after I moved out here because <laughs> okay. everybody's like, oh, where did you move here from? Oh, well, you're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, uh, you're not the first person to say that. So, see, it would yeah. make anybody cynical, guys. That's why Jeff is the way he is. We yeah, it's, like, uh, it's like growing up in Southern California, and every hour you hear a Red Hot Chili Pepper song. I can't right. stand them now. Uh. <laughs> we had a Karen Terrier, and it was evil. And it oh. turned zombie on us. I'm sorry? It turned zombie on us. And, and it's a latter couple of years. It, it, it died several years before it stopped moving. Or is that like a pet cemetery joke because you're over there in England? Is that what that was? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, my, my mother had a terrible Karen Terrier that only liked her. And snarled and bit at us all the time. It broke my dad's finger. You're talking about uh, Toto, right? Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, Got it. Uh, okay. <laughs> thank you. I didn't know what the fuck you were talking about, Andy. Aaron Terrier. What the fuck? dog is a dog. I don't know. It's an evil little terrier that's designed to kill rodents, which is why I killed uh. my hamster. I smoked cigarettes. It would, it would go. My mom was a hamster. You would beat you up in the back alley for your lunch, buddy. Now, my mom was a heavy smoker, and then the dog would dig in the ashtrays and pull out her cigarette butts and chew on them. Uh. So, Karen Tara walking around with a cigarette butt hanging out of its mouth. 
Uh, it got some sort of skin disease and chewed all the hair that it could reach. So it was nude from basically the chest down and, you know, looked like a zombie for about two years before it died. Wow. And then when it died, I was out like I was I was home for Christmas break from college. And I come home and the house is deathly quiet. You know, my parents are not watching TV. They're not playing pack, dude. I'm like, all right, what's going on? My dad goes, uh, we think Maxie has died. I'm like, you think? <laughs> where, where is, where is Maxie? And he points over the floor and there's Maxie laying in the floor. And I walk up to the dog and I pick up by its leg and bunk, clunk. Yeah, that's rigor mortis. That thing's dead. Oh my God! We yes. I, seriously, we need a spinoff spinoff podcast of just Andy telling stories like this. Just I've family. said this before to you many times, mainly in jest, but I'm going to say it right now, and it's going to be no more poignant now than it will ever have been. Hey, 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 Andy! <laughs> good story. Yes. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good story. Yeah, yeah. I anyway. thought he was doing like a pet cemetery thing because New England and all. <laughs> I just wow. have a different feeling about caring terrors than many people do. It's like, well, now we understand why Andy hates pets. Uh, we did have a weird succession of broken pets as growing up. We lived up on top of a, what we laughingly called a mountain, but we did have our own weather. We were about 2,000 feet up. We were far enough out the beaten track that we were the place where people would drop their pets off, you know, they'd take them out of the country and drop them off. So, some, you know, every few years, some, Broken pet would come walking up to us, and we'd have another broken pet. The memorable one was a dog we called Sugar that was a collie with diabetes and was blind. This you named Sugar so much. Yeah. Andy grew up in the house of broken pets. My God, that's a Stephen <laughs> King story. <laughs> I was, well, I was waiting for that moment when they said, we, we, we think the dog is dead. And it's still standing, staring at them. So I, I wasn't <laughs> sure that was going to go. No, it was the it whole was zombie dead. dog thing. I put it in a box, and it was you know winter in New England, so I just put it in a box and piled rocks on it in the backyard. And when I came back for Easter break, uh, my dad said, "Could you could you bury Max?" I'm like, "The dog is still not buried." So I had to bury the damn dog three months later. Fucking buried! God damn it, it's buried. <laughs> No, Barry's over there. He's the guy with the Star Wars shirt. Fucking buried. Buried. What's this buried? It's buried. Buried, guys. Bur- buried. Hey, what part hey, of Matt, you is he's about- sorry. He's sorry. <laughs> he's real sorry. About a boot, what he said. He's real sorry. What are you so upset about? <laughs> you guys know I don't say any of that, but this guy and his bury. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, it's, it's Matt's the you. least Canadian Canadian we know. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you don't give a shit about... It was recently reported that Godzilla vs. Kong director Adam Wingard would be helming a remake of John Woo's 90, 1990 action movie Face Off. Wingard's movie what? will be a direct sequel to the original film. What? Okay. There are, there are no... Details on what the story for the sequel will entail, or if it will include any of the original actors, but it will be a sequel. That's bizarre. I'd watch it. Yeah, I'm not sure that fits in the news I don't give a shit about. I, I kind of want to see that. I, yeah. I, I will definitely admit being curious. I'm Part sorry. of the draw of that film was Nicolas Cage and John Travolta playing 
well, Nicolas Cage playing himself anyway, and John, John Travolta. If they don't have those two actors, or at least one of them, it's going to be weird. The height of their careers, Cage being extreme Cage, chewing up every bit of scenery that he possibly could. You'd rarely go full Cage, but that was one of the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and The Bad Lieutenant, too. See, I watched uh, Wind Talkers this week, and uh, I'd forgotten that Nicolas Cage didn't actually act. I, I just remember yeah. him seeing all these weird, terrible, straight-to-cable movies now. Well, even in Face Off, you have to look at after he and uh, the Travolta characters switch places, when Cage is just being the Travolta character without imitating his original character, he's very subdued, and he does a really good job of imitating uh, Travolta's character in the first third of the movie, and vice versa. I mean, Travolta goes full Cage in that second two-thirds of the film. No, man, you never go full Cage. (laughs) Well, he did. And that brings us to Weekend Geek. Yay! Writer and director Edgar Wright, director behind Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and Baby Driver, has signed on to direct a new film adaptation of The Running Man, Stephen King's 1982 dystopian story about a 21st century America that embraces criminal justice as a spectator sport. Simon Kinberg, from, uh, producer of the X-Men films and Deadpool, will co-produce the new movie. King originally wrote The Running Man under his Richard Bachman pseudonym, It got a loose film adaptation in 1987 that starred Arnold Schwarzenegger in the lead role with late family feud game show host Richard Dawson giving his all. This version will be a faithful adaptation of King's original story. King's 82 novel served up a prescient fictional precursor to present day anxieties, dystopian fears that also have been similarly expressed in later book to screen stories like The Hunger Games. Framed in a totalitarian 2025 America with a government in lockstep with a pliable entertainment press, protagonist and convicted criminal Ben Richards must compete in a sensationalized television game show as he tries to outrun the government dispatched hunters who are on a mission to kill him. What are so, the major changes from I never all, read the- all of them? Oh, yeah. The, 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 the movie is so loosely based on the book, it's not even funny. The big one, Barry, is that it isn't in one little area. It's it's nationwide. The oh. only thing that they took from the book for the Schwarzenegger is the name of the character and that he is being hunted by hunters. And and while I don't have a problem with the Schwarzenegger film, I actually would be interested in seeing a more faithful adaptation of the book because I remember reading the book and not knowing that Richard Bachman at the time was a, um, a pseudonym. Then I got into high school. A friend of mine told me that. I was like, wow, that was Stephen King? That's a really good book. And then, you know, of course, not honestly connecting that the book and the movie were the same thing, even though they had the same title. This would be a rare case of where I would be interested in both. I'm very interested in seeing what they would do with a, a loyal to the book with the all the thrillers and things that they do. I think that's a that's a perfect fit. But I think the the movie definitely falls in the, the realm of if you're going to remake something, remake something that was a mess that could actually uh, go over well. I don't think it was a mess. I think it was very much played for camp uh, value. And it was fun. Yeah, it's fun. Was Lillian in the book? No, 
Oh. Uh, not 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 in that way. So you know we're not going to get another Richard Dawson. Oh, we're never he was getting the best another thing Richard about Dawson. that film. We are never getting another Richard Dawson. Yeah, uh, uh, Barry, that that, that, June, that who passed. do you love? Like, great. Lightning in a bottle performance through and yeah. through. Yeah, you only get one Richard Dawson. That's that's you know, don't be greedy. I'm on Kay's side on this one. I would I would like to get a do a faithful adaptation, especially with Edgar Wright doing it. So far, the man could do no wrong in my book. I would also love to see a Balls of the Wall Crazy Pants remake of the 80s version. That that would be Taika Waititi's. Yes. Oh, Ooh, yes. yeah. Spot on. Green yeah. light. The True Lies television series is still moving forward, just yeah. not at Disney Plus, as was reported a year ago. The project, inspired by James Cameron's 1994 spy action comedy film, has moved over to CBS with an official pilot order. Cameron, Matt Nix, the creator of Burn Notice, and Mick G, director of Terminator Salvation, are all executive producing the show, which was originally ordered by Fox. In addition, Nix wrote the pilot, and Mick G is attached to direct. The story revolves around a suburban wife who discovers that her seemingly normal computer consultant husband is, in reality, an international secret agent. Uh, looking for, a, for more excitement, the wife joins her globe-trotting spouse in a mission to save the world and their marriage. The, the name is Harry Rehmquist. Thank you. Yeah, it, it was. So now moving to network television, us not being a Disney Plus thing, and of course, no longer a Fox thing, of course. Still excited to see some true lies, my friends? No. No. <laughs> I don't know. I might have miscategorized this one. I've never seen the original. I've seen bits and pieces of it. In fact, I think the only time I really saw any of it was washing my laundry at the uh, Wizard of Suds in uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> so my take on it is Matt Nix. I like his work. I think that's a good pedigree behind it. Uh, Cameron's involved. That's another good plus for the the series. Mick G being involved. It sounds like he's just directing the pilot. So... I don't see that as being an, an issue necessarily, necessarily, you know, since he's just directing the pilot. So I don't know. It, it could be good. It could be good with the, the other with the pedigree behind it. I remember liking the movie, but frankly, all I can remember is some of the uh, jet scene. That's all I can really remember of it. With Eliza Dushku. Yeah. OK. A traumatized lot. Elijah Dushku. Right. Um, I you know, uh, the the movie is also so much Schwarzenegger, Tom Arnold, and uh, uh, Jamie <laughs> Curtis. Thank you. I was vapor locking. Uh, you know, it was it was so much the three of them that ah, uh, it's like I guess it could be fun, but I don't know, man. I was definitely surprised at how good the chemistry between Schwarzenegger and Arnold was. And well, those two always get together in about every movie I've seen them in. Schwarzenegger and Arnold well, I mean, are amazing. But that was like the first one, right, that they had done together, and then they did oh, you the, were... the Christmas one but after. Oh, you weren't talking about the same person. <laughs> Tom Arnold and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. Or Tom Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> if you wish. Yeah, there was nothing groundbreaking about that movie. It was just a fun romp for Schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold. Otherwise, it was just a run-of-the-mill, here's a spy film, whatever. I'm not interested in this as a series. 
It may have been the last of the 80s action flicks, even though it wasn't in the 80s. That makes sense. So I guess we can expect uh, a TV version of Ballistic X versus Sever pretty soon? Ugh. Blech. Boo. <laughs> Move on. Next up, two classic superhero movies. Richard Donner's Superman the Movie from 78 and Tim Burton's Batman from 1989 are coming to the world of print with a pair of cinema-inspired comic books from DC Comics. They won't be screenplays translated into comic form, but entirely new stories set within the respective cinematic universes. Uh, Rob Venditti, who's written for Hawkman, and Wilfredo Torres from Bang, are tackling The Man of Steel, played, of course, in 1978 by Christopher Reeve, while Sam Hamm, the original co-writer of Burton's Gotham-based adventure, and Joe Quiones, who did Howard the Duck, take on the caped crusader, of course, played in 89 by Michael Keaton. Sam Hamm. Uh, Wait, what did Joe Quiones do for, you mean Howard the Duck, the movie? No, the comic book. Oh, thank God. Yeah. (laughs) Stop trashing the movie, Andy. The movie's not good. It's not. It's also not that terrible. I agree with you. It's by no means a great film, but it's not as horrible as everybody tries to make it out to be. I guess I I judge it worse than it should than some because that was absolutely one of my favorite books. That was well. See, there's your problem. I've noticed with a lot of people in a lot of different comic book to movie translations. If you're familiar in depth with the comic series prior to seeing a movie version of something, you hate the movie. But like for me. I saw the movie before I got involved with the comic series, so I now appreciate both for what they are, and they are not the same thing. That depends on the comic and on the brand on it. If it's a DC thing, chances are it's going to (laughs) suck. And not as much as Barry does. The Marvel movies, you get what you expect. It's it's, it's good. Now... In in the defense of the DC movies, the Marvel movies before Iron Man tend to suck. Oh, totally. In non-defense of the DC movies, I tried to watch A Son of Batman last night, and I had to give up because it was one of the worst examples of a G.I. Joe animated episode that I've ever seen in my life. I ruined my television because I kept drawing little mustaches on the TV <laughs> Yet the villain something to twist. <laughs> Going back to the story, resolving certain plot threads left dangling by its uh, progenitor, Batman 89 will reintroduce Selina Kyle as Catwoman, uh, the new ver- a new version of Robin, and take on Harvey Dent slash Two-Faced, quote, that is as close to movie magic as a comic can get, unquote, promises the release. Uh, details for Superman 78 are a little more vague. The release teases that the comic is inspired by Donner's classic timeless style of superhero storytelling and goes on to state that Vendetti and Torres will show fans that a man can truly fly, unquote. Both books are scheduled to debut their first six chapters digitally on July 27th. New chapters will follow in the following six weeks. If you prefer a hard copy, DC is releasing both 12 chapter stories and six issues between August and October, with hardcover editions planned in November. Wave of the future, baby. Uh, yep. Steve will buy them. Here's the, so, the interesting part in, in my thought with it. Yes, the original Burton Batman has a very specific style and a very specific place and world building within those two movies, which could be easily built upon. 
I, I don't necessarily feel the same about Donner Superman, except for making Superman look like Christopher Reeve. Yeah. No, Donner Superman is really a Boy Scout version of Superman. It's, yeah. Is is the I assume the eventual goal was to try and combine those two together into a Brave and the Bold in those weird, uh, very different universes. I don't think so. I, I think they're going to be very separate entities. Hmm. I disagree that they'll try and do that incredible trick of trying to combine them. I hope you're right. I think that would be interesting. It would be hell. It'd be hard as hell, but it'd be interesting. The Burton Batman is just light enough on the you know dark Batman to light Batman scale to fit in the Donner Superman 78 universe. And I'm sure Steve would agree. I know I'm invoking Steve's name a lot here, but it's true because he would love this shit. It makes sense if you're into that. But again, there's DC waiting to suck. <laughs> that, uh, Todd, um, I, I took I took it as you meaning the uh, like the the artistic design of the yeah. two, where Batman is more stylized. Uh, versus um, Superman, which is more, well, for lack of a better term, grounded. And uh, that would be a very bizarre crossover, I agree. So I'm with you. I think Andy's way overthinking it. Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring Steve back into it, too, because he's going to give me shit about Brave and the Bold. You I should have said World's Finest. Three times he's coming through the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere he's yelling at whatever device he's listening right. to this on, going, no, it, it's, uh, it should have been World's Finest. Brave and Bold with Batman, with many different characters, World's Finest. That's true. And That's true. You fucked up. You fucked up. Uh, but he corrected it, so that, that saves us a very angry email, so that's good. Yes. As, oh, no. uh, as Scott Schofield pointed out several years ago, Andy's a self-correcting moron. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> J.J. Abrams' production company, Bad Robot, is about to expand into the video game market. The company announced a new in-house development studio, Bad Robot's Game Studio, with Michael Booth as general manager. Booth is known for being the creator and lead designer for the horror co-op shooter Left 4 Dead. This means that Bad Robot Games has two teams, the development team and the creative team that works with external partners. Bad Robot Game Studios will be developing content using original IP and collaboration from the film and TV departments of Bad Robot. The first game is said to be, quote, a triple-A title for PCs and consoles that is designed to immerse both players and streaming audiences into a co-op cinematic experience, unquote. So awesome whatever that generic art. thing means. Awesome Aardvark's adventure? What kind of triple-A uh, are we talking so does this mean we might get Buffy a new Buffy the Vampire Slayer video game? Because I'd be up for that. Uh, does J.J. Abrams have that? Well, it was Bad Robot. Buffy is owned by the Disney Corporation, but it runs on Hulu for some reason. Well, Hulu owns Disney. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, oh, he has Fringe. That would be a cool game. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That is And interesting. Westworld. Oh. oh that's right, And... Yeah. Lovecraft Country. Wow. Odd. I'll take that would that be an game. amazing game. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm in. 
So yeah. I, maybe we'll hear something from E3 this year. That would be exciting. Yeah, like E3 is going to be held. Uh, this next story, I'm particularly interested in Deb's point of view on this. Disney is creating another extended universe for their streaming platforms. Uh, producer what? Ronald D. Moore, that's the producer behind Battlestar Galactica, Outlander, and For All Mankind, is set to oversee a Magic Kingdom TV universe, a world where the characters and lands found in the Disney theme parks and classic films are real. Uh, the first series is called The Society of Explorers and Adventurers. It is currently in development phase, and Moore is working directly with Disney Imagineers to build out the show's story. Little is known about what this first series will touch on, however, other than it will focus on characters found in the company's theme parks or films. The series' name originated in the backstory for Tokyo's Disney Sea Tower of Terror ride, which didn't use the Twilight Zone theming found in the U.S. because Japan had little connection to the show. Since its creation for Disney Sea, the fictional SEA organization has found its way into theming for several other Disney attractions, including Mystic Manor at Hong Kong Disneyland, Big Thunder Mountain at both Walt Disney World and Disneyland, and the Disneyland restaurants, the Tropical Hideaway, and Bengal Barbecue. According to The Hollywood Reporter, if the Society for Explorers and Adventurers is well-received, more will go on to oversee an entire Magic Kingdom TV universe, which will be built out similarly to how the MCU is expanding on Disney+. Plus. Well, I hated this idea at first, and now I love it. I'm, I'm all for it. I think it depends on what they do. If it's done well. If it, it depends on what they do. So sharing some of the stories, which is really cool, actually, of some of the, the, the other parks in the country and the world that have different backstories for their rides. So like Haunted Mansion has a different story at every single theme park. It's a different background story. And a lot of people in the US have not been to Tokyo Disney or you know Hong Kong um, or Shanghai. So if they shared some of the stories that they have there, that might be really interesting actually. And it would be a new and refreshing like background for some of the stuff that people are used to in the States. But I'm concerned because they've been also doing, you know, turning a lot of their attractions into movies when they think of the land, like when you think of Adventureland, what ride do you think of? Jungle <coughs> Cruise, right? That's why they've, they're making the Jungle Cruise movie. Yeah. So how are they going to do, like, because the title you read, Todd, makes me think of Adventureland. But, like, they're doing a Jungle Cruise movie right now. So are they thinking it's totally separate? Are they going to have crossover potential? Like, it, that's a little no, 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 no. What was it called again? The show is called The Society of Explorers and Adventurers. It's not based on the Jungle Cruise. It's based on the restaurant. On Bengal Barbecue? It's a food show. And that's not even a, a restaurant. Please be yeah, clear. Those of you who have never been to Disneyland, Bengal Barbecue is a quick service counter restaurant. Like, you I walk up to the counter and get your food. The one in World. They don't have a Bengal Barbecue in Disney World. No, what's the one in World we like to go to? But isn't there a restaurant in uh, Tokyo Disney Sea that has the theming with all the characters from the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. And then there's like stuff on the wall that tells like little adventures and stuff that they have done. Like, cause I remember seeing a video on it where somebody went through the restaurant and they were showing all the, the different things that were posted on the wall in this restaurant. So, that, so again, I'll go back, like it's sharing stories from the other theme parks. So, cause I've never been like Tokyo. My bucket list is to go to every single Disney park in the world. That is on my bucket list. Tokyo is definitely like the next one on our list, I think. 
So I don't know anything about most of the rides, especially Disney Sea, anything in Disney Sea, because it's a totally different theme park from anything else they have. I only know what I've watched in videos because it looked pretty damned impressive. It's, it's one I would like to go to. This brings me back to that weird uh, attraction that was on the strip 20 years ago, probably. The, uh, it, it was a, a walking mech land game, basically. But they oh, start... I remember that virtual world. Yeah, virtual world. I spent a lot of time at that place. And the, 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 the room where you waited to play the game was essentially uh, an adventurer's club. We used to co-op the uh, uh, the back room of that place to play card games like all the time because we knew people that worked there. It was great, and you can still find. In fact, in Houston, in Katy, they have a place where you can go and experience that because they have those pods from Virtual World where you can play Mech Warrior and you can play Red Planet. Red Planet, the intro to which stars oh, I don't forget her name, but also Cheech Marin's in that. Uh, just a weird owl. Weird owl was in the in the theming and the rest in the waiting room. Where was this virtual world? Because I remember that the Luxor had those pods and they had some of those same stories. No. But both of it you were describing something I I'm not familiar it, with. It was up by the pepper mill, up by uh, up, up there. Yeah, right, that it, taco it, place it, that's it, so popular. Right, it, <laughs> okay. it, it was in the strip between the casinos. Um, yeah, it was uh, only standalone thing. It was only there for a couple of years. Okay, because yeah. I don't remember it at all for for whatever reason. I had a shitload of free passes to it, and I, I when it closed, I still had a shitload of free passes to it. It was I before was, you moved here. It died out in the early to mid nineties. You can Google like Virtual World Red Planet, and you can find. I think you can find like the intro videos. I don't know. I'm not looking at it right now, but they're special. It wasn't so much virtual reality. It was an interactive video game with multiple players in their own pods, especially the mech version. The pods were extremely complex in how they all the buttons worked. There were two versions you could play, a simple version or a more advanced version. Later on, when Xbox released that gigantic console that ran a mech, it was kind of like that. Yeah, I uh, played in the original Battletech uh the, the original Battletech game simulators on in the North Pier in Chicago. Nice. Those were fun. What I'm saying about the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, that was what that front room was. It was basically the Explorers Club. And Very so it was the Jungle Navigation Company yes. restaurant in Disney World, which is really, really one of the best restaurants in Disney World. Is the best restaurant in Disney World. It's been years since I've been in Disney World. I should probably check it out. That'd be cool. Yeah, this whole project is very, very nebulous thus far. I'm such a fan of Disney theme parks that, yeah, if they want to do an extended universe thing with that, I'm curious to see what they'll do with it. Uh, and being that it's Ron Moore, I have a little more faith in the project. Right. And Virtual World seems to exist in some ways still. Oh, no, it's gone. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Self-directing. There's still a website. There's still a website. Okay. Like I said, there's still pods. You can play this thing. Do yourself a favor. Google like Red Planet Dually or or Virtual World Red Planet, and you'll find the YouTube video for the trainer. It'll be Virtual World Red Planet 3.0 Dually Trainer, and it stars Joan Severance, and it stars Cheech Marin, and uh, I think Judge Reinhold, the very young Judge Reinhold. Uh, It's it's good stuff. 
Speaking of good stuff, it's time for some red light, green light. Red light, green light. All right, my friends, it is that time again. We must uh, green light a few more things. Now, they want us to ramp up production, but it doesn't mean we can absolutely do it with unfettered money everywhere. We don't have the budget, I tell you. I, I might have a few new ho- race horses in my stable, but we don't have the budget for movies, okay? We didn't make enough money showing Andy Taylor in the bathtub? Jesus. What no, does it take, did, America? And we definitely gotta... didn't make enough money by him telling us what the great geographical figures of Northeast USA look like. So that's not working out so well. Hey. I got pruning and bitten by ticks for nothing? Well, it was for our pleasure. But other than that, yeah, we didn't make any money. So, we're expanding things a little bit, all right? This week, we have five productions that could potentially be greenlit, and each one of you gets two green lights to lay down. Now, it's my understanding that one or more of these productions is a fake one sent in by the Shock Monkeys. Those bastards. How are these people getting these in here? We don't have good security. We we don't we don't have any physical we have security. security? <laughs> exactly. We don't have no physical security. We have no internet security. We don't have the money for it. But I will why tell you, my racehorses look great. Why you don't guys, we just uh, stop paying Andy? Wait, you guys are getting paid? Never mind, Andy. Never mind. Never mind. Anyway, the five shows that you get to choose between are Deathless. The Final Girls Support Group, a show without a title yet, (laughs) The Poppy War, and Twisted Metal. These are the five shows. So here we go. We will start off with Hulu is developing Deathless as a limited series. Here's the description. It follows the journey of Vadim Abmanshikov, who played by... uh, Sorry, the what? The what of what? I can't read these names. Vadim of Manshikov, and it's being played by Rade Sherbadega. Sherbadega? Sherbadega. Vadim is a seemingly ageless 89-year-old Russian immigrant and his grandchildren. When Vadim was 10 years old, he learned that his family was dis- distantly related to Vasilisa, a young girl who escaped the clutches of Baba Yaga, who is being played by Blair Brown. He found the yeah, old I, witch. What? I think everything you've said so far is a Russian hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> he found the old witch's hut, stole an object, and made a personal sacrifice to leave. The witch found out and placed a curse on Vadim. Now he's 89, living in the U.S. with his wife, children, and grandchildren. Vadim and his grandkids are noticing strange occurrences in their northeastern Ohio suburb. Baba Yaga is losing her power because the world fears her kind less. So she decides to cash in on the curse she placed almost a century ago and use Vadim to bring her magic back with the help of Koschai, the deathless, played by Peter Stormare. A Russian Revolution soldier under a spell which makes him immortal as long as his detached soul remains hidden. 
Will Vadim and his grandchildren be able to stop an immortal soldier and the ruthless relic of an age gone by before Vadim loses his dearest love and his family? Roberto Aguirre Casasha, who uh, was a producer for Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and Jamie O'Brien, producer for Nosferatu, are attached as writers and executive producers. So if you got all that, that's deathless. It's not the text. It's you. You just made the Adventures of Sabrina sound weird. What? In the middle <laughs> of that, you said the Adventures of Sabrina, and it took me like a couple of beats to go, oh, he said Adventures of Sabrina, but apparently in Russian backwards. Did, did everybody else not get Adventures of Sabrina? I'll start oh, it no. over. No, you were clear. Oh, no. You were we clear. got it. Yeah. We got it. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mumble it so we, he didn't understand. I got it. Okay. I only speak bumblees. You got to work on that. So that is Deathless. Next up, the Final Girl Support Group. A forthcoming novel from horror author Grady Hendrix has been acquired by Annapurna for television adaptation. Hendrix's book is set to be published on July 13th. Here's the description. In horror movies, the final girl is the one who's left standing when the credits roll. The one who fought back, defeated the killer, and avenged her friends. The one who emerges bloodied but victorious. But after the sirens fade and the audience moves on, what happens to her? Lynette Tarkington is a real-life final girl who survived the massacre 22 years ago, and it defined every day of her life since. And she's not alone. For more than a decade, she's been meeting with five other actual final girls and their therapist in a support group for those who survived the unthinkable, putting their lives back together piece by piece. That is until one of the women misses a meeting and Lynette's worst fears are realized. Someone knows about the group and is determined to take their lives apart again piece by piece. But the thing about these final girls is they have each other now. And no matter how bad the odds, how dark the night, how sharp the knife, they will never, ever give up. Hendrix will serve as an executive producer on the project. The adaptation of the final girl support group will be written by Elizabeth Kraft and Sarah Fane, whose writing and producing credits include Angel and the Vampire Diaries. That is the final girl support group. Next up, Fox is developing a procedural crime drama with a supernatural twist. The project is currently without a title, but will draw on the experiences of real-world medium Tina Powers. Michael Alamo, co-executive producer on Fear the Walking Dead, is writing the series, which will center on, quote, a quirky TV news crime reporter based on Miami who is able to commune with the dead in order to solve crimes. Prior to becoming a professional medium, Powers, who is producing the series, previously worked as a news anchor in Arizona. So we'll just call this the Tina Powers Project. Doesn't that, it's like a comedy twist on medium. But based on a true person, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Next up, the Poppy War Books. An epic fantasy series by R.F. Quang has been picked up for TV adaptation. Starlight Media has purchased the rights to Kuang's trilogy, which includes The Poppy War, Dragon Republic, and The Burning God. The books are a dark fantasy and inspired by the real-life events of the Second Sino-Japanese War in 20th century China. Here's the book description. When Rin aced the Keiju, the empire-wide test to find the most talented youth to learn at the academies, it was a shock to everyone. 
to the test officials who couldn't believe a war orphan from Rooster Province could pass without cheating, to Rin's guardians who believed they'd finally be able to marry her off and further their criminal enterprise, and to Rin herself who realized she was finally free of the servitude and despair that had made up her daily existence. That she got into Sinagard, the most elite military school in Khan, was even more surprising. But being a dark-skinned peasant girl from the south is not an easy thing at Sinagard. Targeted by the outset by rival classmates for her color, poverty, and gender, Rin discovers she possesses a lethal, unearthly power, an aptitude for the nearly mythical art of shamanism. Exploring the depths of her gift with the help of a seemingly insane teacher and psychoactive substances, Rin learns that God's Long thought dead are very much alive and that mastering control over those powers could mean more than just surviving school. For while the Nakara Empire is at peace, the Federation of Mujen still lurks across the narrow sea. The military advanced Federation occupied Nikan for decades after the first Poppy War and only barely lost this continent in the second. And while most of the people are complacent to go about their lives, a few are aware that a third poppy war is just sparks away. Rin's shamanistic powers may be the only way to save her people, but as she finds out more about the god that has chosen her, the vengeful phoenix, she fears that winning the war may cost her humanity, and that may also already be too late. The TV adaptation is currently looking for a showrunner. No word yet on where the series will end up. That is the poppy war. And finally, Sony Pictures Television and PlayStation Productions are officially in development on a series based on the Twisted Metal video game franchise. Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese, the duo known for writing Zombie Land and Deadpool, have reportedly come up with a unique take for the show. The Twisted Metal IP comprises over a dozen vehicular combat titles released between the mid-90s and early 2010s. The TV adaptation will reportedly center around, quote, a motor-mouthed outsider who is offered a chance at a better life, but only if he can successfully deliver a mysterious package across a post-apocalyptic wasteland, unquote. Teaming up with a gun-toting car thief, a he the hero faces the unbridled dangers of the open road, such as bloodthirsty marauders who drive vehicles of destruction, as well as Sweet Tooth, a deranged clown from the games who drives an iconic ice cream truck. Cobra Kai alum Michael Jonathan Smith is also attached to write and executive produce alongside Wernick and Reese. And there you have it. Your choices are Deathless, The Final Girl Support Group, Tina Powers Show, The Poppy War, and Twisted Metal. As usual, we will start with our newest member, Deb. Where would you like to lay your two green lights? So this is me not trying to guess which ones are fake, but me picking the ones that sound the best. So, yes. Deathless and the Poppy War. Deathless and the Poppy War. Why did those stand out to you the most? I like stories and shows that evolve around fantasy and folklore. And from what I could understand of what you said for the Deathless description, because you tangled up your words a lot, it sounds like that's right in the, the Russian folklore fairy tale realm uh, with Bobby Yaga and stuff. It sounds really interesting to me. And the Poppy War, I like history. Historical fiction is, is a really big genre that I really enjoy, which is one of the reasons why I like Outlander so much. 
So that one sounds interesting to me because of that. Barry. Yo. Where would you like to lay your two green lights? <laughs> I would like to talk about each five of these freaking things that you you said is going to maybe happen. Deathless is number one. I couldn't understand shit you said. I'm, I think you had a stroke halfway through the first sentence, and I am concerned for your welfare. Let's put that. Let's put a pin in that and get oh. back to it. Hopefully, you don't die by the end of this. Are we Tony Soprano now? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> He's playing the part. He's doing right. He's doing right. Do you right. ever you listen, listen to, to this for shit's sake? All right. Did you not listen to last week's show? Steve really raised the bear on but no, raised I did. the bear. I did. Raised, raised the, the bear. <laughs> the bear. He raised the bear. I mean, actually, raised the bear, honey. Barry was able to download it in one of those time short time periods we actually had Wi-Fi because we had really shit for Wi-Fi last week too. And so. I listened to your shit in the dark, doing nothing else but listening to the sound of your voice, which is why I am so traumatized today. <laughs> now, deathless. I'm gonna give this a vote for green light, and here is why. You said the magic words, Peter Stormare. He can do no wrong. And if you do not know who I am talking about, he played Lucifer in Constantine. He plays Chernabog in American Gods. Him. He's he played the guy that's putting a wood chepper in Fargo, right? Yeah. Okay. That guy. So I will watch him in anything. Two, you talked about this final girl support group. First off, a movie about a support group. Jesus, fuck why? I am not interested in this. It's a the TV writing credits included someone from Angel and Vampire Diaries. That is a hard pass. Number TV three, a procedural yeah. crime drama you don't even have a name for. Real world, medium, Tina Powers. Um, How and in the many ways can I say go fuck yourself? Number four, The Poppy War. I got bored and stopped listening halfway into your explanation. and I started thinking about steak and things. But... I, it, it sounds like a real Mary Sue story. There's too much going on that I'm expected to give a shit about too soon. So I'm going to pass because I am not interested in, in this. This last one, I am interested because I am a child of this era. I play Twisted Metal. I love to see uh, uh, that fucking clown do his yeah, thing. You love it, huh? You don't even know his name. It's Sweet Tooth, man. Come on. Sweet Tooth, yes. It's been a minute. <laughs> Unfortunately, I know this is bullshit, but I gotta give it a green light anyway, because I, I know that it would make money. So, knowing Something that this is bullshit, Jojo. I'm giving it a green light. And, and knowing it's half the battle. G.I. Joe! Alright, Matt, where do you lay your greens? Honestly, dude, I stopped listening halfway through the first one. <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> So... And Matt doesn't lay his greens. He may lays his pinks and his yellows and his what all those goddamn Canadians use. Loonies and his toonies. Oh my god, Andy. Oh my god, Andy. <laughs> oh my god, Andy. Yeah, Anyways, uh, I'm gonna go Poppy Wars. Poppy Wars. All just right. because poppies. We wear them in Canada for World War One. Poppies. So that'll go Poppy <laughs> War. Green light. And uh because Barry hates it. And I want to get under his production company's skin. I'm going to green light these. What is that one? Survivor Diaries? <laughs> Diaries of the Last Girl? What is Final it? Final Girl Support Group. Final there Girl you go. Survivor Group. Diaries. Survivor. 
That one. Right there. Let's Bye. cry about our feeling support group. Yeah, no, I don't want to watch a show about that. All right, Andy, what you got? Deathless, I don't understand it and don't care about it. Final Girl support group, I just not a big horror fan, and Final Girls don't really jive with me. I don't care. The medium thing, fuck mediums. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd rather have a real con man instead of somebody trying to be a sort of half-assed con man. Uh, oh, I thought you meant uh, fuck medium. You prefer extra large. That too. <laughs> uh, give, give me leverage. Keep me away from medium and six cents and all the other ghost and medium bullshit. So it, uh, by default, it's Poppy War and Twisted Metal. All right, Jeff, where do you lay your greens? Regardless of what all the other guys said, uh, I want to throw my first green behind Final Girl Support Group. I don't know. I just I found the story intriguing. Plus, uh, the two showrunners there, Elizabeth Kraft and Sarah Frayne, are are both uh, Kansas City alums, and uh, you know they uh, grew up in that area. Now that they were, they're out producing and stuff, and they produced for like Angel and you know The Shield and you know several other shows that uh, that I like. So I got to throw my support behind that one because of the pedigree mostly, but also because it sounds like an interesting premise. I was torn between Poppy War and Twisted Metal, but I think I'm going to have to go with Twisted Metal because I would love to see what Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick do with the storyline, you know, just based on what they did with the first two uh, Deadpool films alone. So that's where I'm going to go. Twisted Metal and Final Girl Support Group. All right. Kirsten, where do you put your greens? Well, this is going to be awful, Todd. Twisted Metal really doesn't interest me. I, I, actually, I think most of them are actually pretty interesting. So, uh, But Twisted Metal interests me the second least. Uh, Poppy War has a chosen one trope, which I'm going to use as a tiebreaker to say no. Otherwise, I'm actually pretty interested in it. A lot of it is for the reasons that Deb said. It, it sounds really interesting, but I find two others more interesting. So uh, the medium show, police procedural, you lost me right there. Final girl support group is actually, I think, an interesting concept and got my attention. And uh, since I'm of Slavic descent, I actually understood um, <laughs> everything you said about deathless. <laughs> So uh, you're the only one, apparently. Yeah. Blair Brown as Baba Yaga actually had me sold right there. But the whole uh, immortal pursuit and all that stuff sounds actually very interesting. And unless I tallied wrong, we've got four ties. You're smack dab in the middle of it. We've greenlit four of these motherfuckers. Every single (laughs) one except Tina Powers. So, yeah, that's uh, four. Goodness sakes. I didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> that was weird. I didn't either. <laughs> that's amazing first. how that worked out. That wasn't supposed to happen, but it did. So that's four green lights we're laying down for Deathless, the final girl support group, Poppy War, and Twisted Metal. Mathematically, Death- we lose. It's kind of jaw dropping in a helpful <laughs> way. Um, <laughs> so, Barry, what would you like to guess which of these are? Fake. Twisted Metal's fake. I know it. I knew it when I was voting for it. But as the best. It does sound expensive. Yeah. And you would actually be wrong. Yep, that one's real. I actually read that Uh, earlier today. 
Uh, Jeff, don't give it away. We're, we're going through people here. Jesus, Jeff. Wow. Jeff wow. He's played this damn game. He liked Andy. Spoiler Christ. alert, mid-game. I still believe it's fake. I think Jeff's full of shit. Also. <laughs> and you're sober. You have no excuse. I think the fake ones are Twisted Metal, and I think the fake one is a final girl support group. All right. Deb, what do you, what do you think is fake here? I hope the crime drama medium one is, but it probably isn't. As much as I love right. it, I'm unfortunately thinking that the Poppy War is probably fake. Matt, what do you think is fake? Yeah, I was going to go with that one, too, and I was going to say Twisted Metal, but I'll still go Twisted Metal. Andy, what do you think is fake? Uh, I'll go with, well, no, that medium one is so terrible, it has to be real. <laughs> so I'll say Final Girl Support Group and Deathless. Jeff, what do you think is fake? Well, I'm 99% certain Deathless is the fake one. All I will say is because I, uh, I won't say I cheated, but I earlier read last week a couple of the ones that you pitched there, so I know that those are ones that are in production, but 99% certain Deathless is the fake one. And Kirsten, where do you think yours? Wait, aren't there two fake ones? When you have to vote for two I fake said ones? there's one or more. I didn't tell you how many there are. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> because the idea is uh, kind of original and sounds kind of cool, I'll go with Final Girl Support Group. All right. There was only one fake in this group, and it was Deathless. Sent yeah. by Justin. And technically green lit because everything got green lit but one. Actually, so good job, Justin. I just looked it up, and Deathless is a show that just started in the fall of 2020, but it's about vampires. Yeah, this one involving uh, Russian folklore. It sounds interesting to me, Justin, uh, but uh, let this be a uh, warning to everybody who sends in pitches, bitches. Uh, change the name so I can read them. <laughs> spell, spell them out phonetically. That is the only way you're going to get them to read it. Oh, God. Hey. You said the right name, Peter Stormar. Mare, <laughs> Mar, how do you fucking say his name? He's amazing. <laughs> and that yeah. means that the Final Girl Support Group, Tina Powers, The Poppy War, and Twisted Metal are all in development. I sadly knew about the Tina Powers one. I was like, really? This sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> it's medium, except more comedy. It sounds like uh, I, I just I don't it's because because the article said based on the real life adventures of and I'm like, yep, you, I'm done. I'm it done. It sounds like an ego project to me. Yeah. Tina Powers wants a little more, a little more fame and fortune. So she pitched herself a, a show here. Kristen, the final girl support group is a book. Ah, from Grady Hendrix. You also read that book about the haunted Ikea horror store, which was excellent. Oh, wow. My Best Friend's Exorcism, that was also a great book. So he, he does these, these quirky horror books that have kind of a comedy tinge to them. Well, it sounds like a neat idea, actually. A Deadline had actually an article on uh, Final Girl Support Group. I think it, maybe if you read that one, you can uh, get a little bit more info on what they're planning on doing. And you might actually be a little more excited about it. Not Barry. <laughs> no, Barry's not nope. excited about anything. Nope. Even when Talk he says crap. he's excited about something, it's all bullshit. It's all crap. <laughs> and if you have a pitch to send to us, write us comments at uglycouchshow.com and put pitches bitches in the subject heading. Uh, that way I know where to find it. And if you don't want me to edit your pitch, let me know. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Raise the bear. Overserved Andy. Baba Yaga Matt. Dr. Lark, I guess.
And Deb. Oh, and thank you for joining us, Barry and Deb. We'll see you next week at Geek, everybody. It's always a pleasure, except when I got to <laughs> try and understand what you're saying. <laughs> so the popular one looks like a trilogy. It is. There's three it's, books in it. There's Poppy War, Dragon Republic. Care about. There's Poppy Shh. War, Dragon Republic, and The Burning God. I've been reading a lot of young adult books the last few years. Throne of Glass is another series that I think got optioned, but they haven't made it. And I'm really disappointed because that book series is really good. You're allowed to read adult books now. <laughs> I do sometimes, but they're not as interesting to me. I did read Dresden. I finally caught up with Dresden. I mean, our cat's named after the Bartimaeus trilogy, which is also a young adult book series. It's really well, good. that's one of his names. That's his main name. It doesn't matter. It's not going to come when you call. It's a cat. You can call him, hey, asshole. He's, he doesn't answer to anything. But his full honorific is Baron Vladimir Bartimaeus Daragothoth Harkonnen, a.k.a. Mr. Poopy Butthole. Speaking of Poopy Butthole, so Barry, when are you getting a PlayStation so you can show everyone how crap you are at pinball? Why don't you eat some shit, Bristo? How about that? Jeff, you have no decorations in your home. Yeah. <laughs> okay and that's that all right then. last week when i was listening i would have just greenlit like andy taking a bath rather than any of those things oh i'd greenlit that too expect a strangely worded magazine cutout letter very soon that we will all ignore like you ignored my strangely worded things that I made. <laughs> For fuck's sakes. Uh, can you hear me now? Can you yeah, hear me now? You're great. Jeff, what in the <laughs> fuck are you Looks doing? Looks like he spilled something. I can't see him. Is, he, is there a Looks picture? Looks like he of spilled something. He spilled it sexually. I, I pulled an Andy. I spilled my tea in my lap. I'm drinking my drink quietly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just writing down the title say... for a show called Andy in the House of Broken Pets. So that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a I had to take a moment to write that down. Oh, and, oh, wow. Andy broke Todd. <laughs> wow, is that a pet? Two classic... Oh, oh shit. Sorry, I entered an ion storm there. Quit jiggling. <laughs> I can't help it. Am I weight? That's all I do. Did you get all fat? Yeah. Show me. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Are coming to the world of prints with a pair of cinema-inspired comic books from DC Comics. They won't be screenplays translated into print. comic form. Print. Print. Coming to print. I heard Prince. I heard Prince, <laughs> I heard Me Prince too. too. That's I why I was like, too. Prince is dead, and he only did the soundtrack for one of those. <laughs> yep, this is making the ending. I'm starting over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell us more about how it's coming to the world of Prince. <laughs> it's, like the freaking, it's like the freaking Wayne's World sketch. Hey, isn't that Prince? The costumes will be purple, except for Joker. They, for some reason, they won't make him purple. But hey, Joker, Joker will be just wearing white. Yes, and Vicky Vale will be just in a veil. So it'll be... Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. Was it worse writing than, is awful, uh, and the acting was just as bad. Was it worse than a middle-aged man screwing the daughter of his middle-aged friend? His friend's... Uh... Let me try that again. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna... yeah, How about you try don't that try that again, Andy? Hey, maybe you yeah. shouldn't... <laughs> I'll, I'll skip. <laughs> I don't know where the, the, what 
the setup was for, but it sounded horrible. Oh, it, <laughs> Whatever it, the it, ending was, it wasn't worth it. It was the killing joke where where Batman. Well, it sure was. It girl. was the killing joke <laughs> went through. How <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to kill a bit? Resolving certain. No, thank you. <laughs> Seventy-six trombones led the big parade. Uh, in fact, uh, say say a few words, say some uh, sentences first to get your microphone back up to level. God fucking damn it! I hate this goddamn show. Fuck Geek Shock. Fuck you guys. Fuck. To- oh, wait, wait. wait my mic back? Is my mic mic back? Your mic's great. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. Perfect. Uh, what I was saying was I forgot what I was saying actually. <laughs> One more time, Matt. It's all yours. Nope. I know what you're doing. Nope. No, no, really. I, I, need, I need a clean edit. I don't have it yet. You know what you're doing? <laughs> I love it. I heard he wasn't a werewolf, an angel. There you go. What he said. <laughs> All right. The green lights are laid down at Deathless and the Poppy War. Barry, where do you put yours? You're muted. You're muted. <laughs> you're muted! I am unmuted now. Oh, my God. (laughs)